What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to the latest episode of our 5 p.m. Sunday experience, recorded live at our location in Vancouver, B.C. So come on in and enjoy a powerful right now word brought to you by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy. Can you put up Hebrews 6 and 1 real quick before everybody take their seat? Hebrews 6, 1. I'm excited. I'm going to take my glasses off. I'm so excited. Y'all going to have to pray for me about this message right here. Yes. Hebrews 6, 1 really quickly. Grace, you're crushing it, girl. That's why I'm going to encourage all you worship leaders out there. Know what kind of oil you got to cook with. Not everybody on your worship team is to lead. Not everybody on your worship team is for every moment God wants to create. And if you don't know your oil, you're going to mess up some moments, some holy moments. So if you're a worship leader out there, get to know what kind of oil is inside those vessels. There's avocado oil. You, you can't cook everything with avocado oil. I don't care how healthy it is. There is vegetable oil. There's Crisco. <laughs> we got that Crisco anointing. <laughs> There's vegetable oil. There is grapeseed oil. There's what kind? There's coconut. There's all kinds of oils, right? And so you got to understand what kind of oil that's flowing on your team. Trust me. And I'm telling you, there's some oils you don't pull out until you have to. And there's some oils when you let them sit, just like wine and just like other things, steaks and certain flowers, like real nice bougie pizzerias. They cook with like aged sourdough. That's why you don't get all full and stuff. It's real light. See, but when you learn how to let certain certain oils sit and age, when you finally open that bottle top and release it, it's like that old fork cheddar. Some good old aged cheddar. Amen. Let me read this. Therefore, let us go on. Say go on. In other words, let us grow up. And get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ the Messiah. Listen, now now it says teachings and doctrine of Christ the Messiah. It says let's grow up past the elementary teachings of Jesus. Okay? Advancing. So where should we go? Steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual what? Maturity. Next scripture. Next verse. Boom. Let us not again. Say again. Again. Say again. Again. Like she was just singing on and on and on and on. That's Erica Badu. We threw a little Erica Badu in there. Oh, on and on, on and on. Anyways, let us not again be laying the foundation. Hey, Caleb, I can't keep preaching the elementary. We got to at some point advance to maturity. 
and we got to be able to go from, everybody did this. You went from, say, say breast milk or Similac or whatever your, your parents' choice was to nourish you when you was a baby. Then you had your bottle. Then you had your little applesauce. And then you, they chewed the food for you. And then you was able to eat it by yourself, but they still had to break it down for you. And then you, you got at some age, I don't know what age it was, you start cutting your own steak, cutting your own chicken, eating big chunks and all that stuff. Right? That's how your Christian walk has to be. You can't eat Gerber's forever. You still on Gerber's? Burn the debt? Gerber's, applesauce, queen of wheat. Are you done? Or are you still, what you eat, do you need your teeth or not? Okay. Right, you got to, tonight you're going to need some teeth. Okay, get rid of the bib. You're going to need a steak knife, no butter knife. Don't bring a butter knife to this, this, to this knife. Okay, let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead formalism, and of the faith by which you turn to God. Your, your, your scripture searching can't keep being how you can find a way to drink and smoke and do whatever, like this elementary stuff and sin and repent. Now, let's grow up and let's teach the body how to be the body. Not always having to deal with grace to make sure you okay with your sin. Okay? We're in a time where soldiers need to be not only activated, but deployed. Next. Bam. With teachings about purifying, the laying on of hands, he's saying purity is elementary the laying on of hands is elementary the resurrection from the dead is elementary and eternal judgment and punishment these are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long long ago say tonight grow up look at somebody and just say just grow up just grow up just grow up all right, as you are being seated, go ahead, be seated. Father, thank you tonight that we have ears to hear. We have teeth to chew. <laughs> we got knives that cut, not other people, but cut ourselves. Holy Spirit, grow us up tonight real quick, fast, in a hurry. Let tonight be a buzzer beater that we have aha moments. Bless Caleb Aqua that he has ears to hear. Bless Caleb. Keep Caleb Swain awake in Jesus' name. Thank you for waking him up when he was falling out his drummer seat this morning. Lord God, you saved him. <laughs> Keep Michael awake in Jesus' name. Lord, give our hearing some sharpness tonight. And not only will we chew, but we will go home and allow this to digest in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you're ready, say amen. amen. One more time. Y'all sound good. Say amen. amen. Happy to see some of y'all faces again. Like I said before, it's so much better in person. It's so much better in person. I got a lot to cover, so let's, let's be. Most of us know we're in this time period, this Advent. Say Advent. And a lot of people are preaching 
about Advent this season, right? right? Some people are preaching it is so necessary, and I pray they're hitting it home. Some people were doing it just out of tradition, and it's the time we do it. And it's forget what God may be saying today about today issues right now. We're just going to talk about Advent because it's the season. That's fine, too. There's a place for that. But I think on a very meaty level, we don't understand instead of celebrating the Advent of Jesus' first coming. We should be talking about the advent of his second coming. Okay. Oh, where my where my there we go. Let me help y'all out because I probably just blasphemed somebody's theology. You know what I'm saying? Let me help you out real quick. Advent is a period of spirit. Let me let me let me back up real quick. Advent. It is the arrival of a notable person. Say Advent. It is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or what? Event. Advent is the first season of the Christian church year leading up to Christmas and including the four preceding uh, Sundays. The coming or second coming of Christ. Say Advent. Advent is a period of spiritual preparation in which many Christians make themselves ready for the coming or birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Celebrating Advent typically involves a season of prayer, fasting, repentance, followed by anticipation, hope, and joy. In this celebration and preparation of Advent, it is a time and season of consecration. In other words, I believe what you got to understand that when Jesus was born, the last days began. That's where you got to need. You need a steak knife right there, Morella, right? You need a steak knife. When Jesus was born, it was the beginning of the last days. And it was the beginning of his second coming. So we ought not just be celebrating the advent of Jesus' birth. But we ought be raising up the church to have to prepare for an advent of his second coming. Because Jesus is coming back real soon. Real soon. Real soon. If you hear your neighbor choking on, some, on, a, on a piece of steak, just go and hit him and give him that heim lick. Amen. Jesus' birth represents the beginning of the last days. Jesus' birth, life, and ministry were the runway for the spirit of Elijah to take flight and ascend upon the church. It's this maturity right here. This right here. This right here going to grow you up real fast. This going to put some hair on your chest, Caleb Aqua. Amen. Jesus' birth, life, and ministry, Sion, were the runway for the spirit of Elijah to take flight and ascend upon the church. Without Jesus being born, John the Baptist has no ministry. Oh, what John the Baptist got to do with it? Stay with me. Philippians 1, I pray with great faith for you. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work, say began, glorious work in you 
will faithfully continue the process. Faithfully continue the process. Faithfully what? Continue the process, listen, of maturing you. And will be will put his finishing touches. That little wax coat. Bling, bling. I love, get, I love pulling out the detail. See, they don't have detail shops here like they do back home. I'm talking about, you, you know what I'm saying? You got in the hood, you got nice, you like, like nice $15 detail. They get the wheels, they all up in it. Pants pulled down in the back. You like, uh, sir, uh, look, they, they shining, they vacuuming. What kind of, what kind of smell you want? Cherry, strawberry, grape Kool-Aid, new car. In the hood, we got all kind of scents. We like, where you get that from? Canadian Tire don't even got them flavors. I mean, them scents. I love going home, get my car detailed. They had your rims shining. They put that Vaseline on your tires. Forget Armor Raw. They put Vaseline on your, on your tires. Lip gloss all on your tires. <laughs> Woo! Look, and we'll put his finishing touches to the work that is in you. Listen, until. Say until. Come on, Pastor Daniela. Say Until until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1.6. That's Philippians 1.6. So listen, unless you're going to live until Jesus returns, the work that was begun in you has to be passed on to someone else. Yes, no? Yes, no? So if something in you has to be passed on to someone else there had to be something passed from someone else to you can are y'all tracking and throughout eternity throughout history god begun a work in adam adam passed that work on that was his job to pass it on steward subdue right and then you see god throughout history making covenant The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the promised land, the blessing, and it's going from generation to generation. What is he doing? He is faithful to complete the work he started. And when he's talking about the work he started in you, that's thinking small to think it's just about you. No, the work that begun in you way long time ago begun when humanity Genesis says, let us make man in our image, him like her, him. We all make up a human, humanity. We are a body. So the work that's begun, begun thousands of years ago. (laughs) Mantles have to be passed down. You know, you know, your drum kit mic'd up, so when you yawned, everybody got that. Amen. Yeah, you go, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Amen. The work that was begun in Elijah still is being passed on generation to generation until the Lord returns. 
This is very crucial for the body of Christ to be talking about. And it's very crucial for anyone that's carrying the spirit of Elijah to be activated, awakened, and that be cultivated in your life. Because the spirit of Elijah did not stop with Elijah. It did not stop with John the Baptist. That same spirit of Elijah was upon the ministry of Jesus. And if Jesus passed away and he ascended and he passed down gifts to men, best believe the spirit of Elijah is upon his church to do a work. For what? For the second coming. The spirit of Elijah is what was up on John the Baptist moving in him to say, hey, prepare ye the way. The kingdom of heaven is what? At hand. Let me keep pushing. There's mantles. You see Elijah passing that mantle on to Elisha. And what happened? Elisha began to perform miracles as Elijah did. Elijah the human, he had faith. Say faith. He was obedient. Say obedience. He was courageous. Say courage. He was selfless. Say selfless. And he walked in power. Say power. He also was a man who walked in fear at times. Just to show you his humanity. He wasn't just, he just wasn't hitting mantles on the, on, on the, on the river and, and, they, and they parted. No, no, no. This man was walking in fear. This man was running from Jezebel. This man just seen God move and take out 450, took out 450 prophets of Baal. And then he heard that Jezebel posed a threat to him and he ran and hid in a cave. Fear. He was inconsistent at times. Like we all can be if we don't let the Lord perfect us. He had mood swings. He had the courage to call fire down. He had the, the faith to call rain down. But didn't have the courage to stand against Jezebel. We got the house of worship. We got all of the church, got all the lights, Noel. We got all the action. We got all the top-notch equipment. But can't stand against Goliath. Can't stand against Jezebel. But we rocking. We got our social media lit. We trendy. Our website banging. Our YouTube banging. We got the package. But we can't stand a fight. What are, are, are our pastors raising up soldiers? Or merely servants? Listen, listen. Hey, hey, Jesus even said, you're no longer my slave. Like, you're not a servant. Like, you are my friend. Are we raising up friends of God? Or beggars? Are we raising up sons or orphans? <laughs> Elijah was a man who consecrated himself and walked in great authority. I just want to introduce you to him a little bit through one of his stories. First Kings 8, I'm, I'm going to read through a lot of information on this first, on this first half, so, so follow me. Say I'm tracking. Um, first Corinthians Kings, I mean First Corinthians Kings, boy, I'm excited. First Kings chapter 18. So 
Obadiah went to meet Ahab, King Ahab. King Ahab was, uh, if you don't know, he was the husband of Jesse. Little Jesse. Say Jesse. And told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Elijah wanted to meet, meet your boy Ahab. He wanted to meet him. Ahab was after him. Ahab wanted to kill him because they were, they were trying to kill all the prophets of Israel. They, they, they trying to kill him. And uh, there were some prophets in Israel that was serving um, uh, Jezebel, or, or shall I say, uh, Baal. There, there, there's men and women of God that are, are wavering in their opinions and decisions. They're serving Jesus, but then serving these other gods and statues and idols. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about it. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said, bro, are, 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 are you the one uh, causing mayhem in Israel? Is that you? See, prophet would always, you know, Elijah was stirring up trouble. Listen, because the gospel is offensive. Prophecy is offensive to Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel. Prophecy is offensive to Goliath. Prophecy is offensive because prophecy causes people to open their eyes up and see the truth. Hmm. Yes. Elijah replied, I have not troubled Israel, but you have. You see that boldness. Bro, I ain't doing nothing but the Lord's work. You the one messing up your city. King. And your father's house. By forsaking the commandments of the Lord, listen, and by following Baals. Therefore, send and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the goddess Asherah who eat at Queen Jezebel's table. I, I want Jezebel's people. I want you to bring them all up, line them all up. And we're going to put this to bed once and for all. Say once and for all. This is verse 19. Okay. Elijah accused them. Just reading a couple nuggets for you. Elijah accused them of wavering between two opinions. They were worshiping two gods. And he's challenged them. Today, choose the Lord or choose Baal. You're not going to see it up there. Ain't no notes. You're going to this old school. This old school. So I'm, that's why I'm trying to make sure you're tracking. What's going on right now is Elijah calling him on the carpet. He's saying, today you're going to have to make a choice. So he tells him, go get two bulls and, and we're going to lay it on the altar and, kin, and, and, and put on some kindling wood. Okay. And Elijah uh, represented the Lord and then the 450 prophets. Elijah's by himself. Then you got 450 prophets that represent Baal. There's more for us than there are against us. Do you see this courage? And they're calling on the God that answers fire. With fire. They're calling on the God that answers with fire. They're laying these sacrifices down. The 450 prophets are getting their sacrifices. And then here's go, here goes the mighty man of God. He's getting his sacrifice. And they about to call on the God of fire. And the prophets of Baal cried out morning till noon. They threw a fit because they was crying out to their God. 
And so out of tradition, what did they go do? They went and cut themselves until they kept bleeding. They was cutters. <laughs> they cutting themselves. They are frustrated. They are heavily depressed. They are feeling embarrassed because they're calling on a God who clearly can't do two things at once. They're calling on a God who clearly can't come through. And they're frustrated. 450 of them. Let's pick up at verse 30. So they've done, they, they had their turn. They had a whole day to call on their Lord. Elijah's, Elijah is taunting them. <laughs> Where yet? Uh, Where yet? Is that him? Oh, my bad. That was a cigarette. That was a cigarette. Okay. Okay. You put man, you pulled your matches out. No, 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 no. We calling on your Lord. Now look what happens. You got to understand, Elijah's fighting for his life. And in the midst of fighting for his life, he's standing for the Lord. His heart is, is more bent on people re repenting than it is his own life. Verse 30, then Elijah said to all people, come near to me. Come on, my turn or, or my God's turn. Verse 30, and all the people came near him and he repaired, before it is, I want you to see this, he repaired the old altar of the Lord that had been broken down by Jezebel. He repaired the what? The old. He repaired the old that had been torn down by what? Jezebel. Let me tell you something. Any church that you see that used to be popping and they fizzed out or you see a pastor doing some sexual, the spirit of Jezebel went unchecked. And then God will call a people with the spirit of Elijah to come back. And not listen, not do a new thing. God does a new thing. <laughs> Caleb Aqua, God does the new thing. He says, I am doing a what? New thing. But I need you to go and repair something for the new thing. I'm not done with I'm not done with Princess and Pender. I'm not done with these temples that I built a hundred years ago. I'm not done with that old ministry. I'm not done with your grandfather. I'm not done with your grandmother. I'm not done with that pastor that failed with adultery. I am the repairer of what has been broken. But can I find some people who is not so caught up on trendiness and being contemporary and being flashy that you allow the old to go to waste? I am the God that restores the ruins. God is doing a new thing. But can he use us to rebuild men with men? DIY. People are restoring old houses and doing what? A new thing. And if all we do is look down on the old, we're going to miss out on how to advance the next generation. Why? You can't overlook the old when it's the old that's imparting. 
You need the old because they're the ones handing down the mantles. You cannot run sustainable ministry without old mantles that God will do a new thing with. Oh, Oh, man. Nah. Nah. He goes goes forward and says, Then Elijah took 12 stones. Y'all ready? 12 stones. According to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, just to pause for a minute, 12 represents government. 12 represents order. How many hours in a day? 12. How many months in a year? 12. And then 12 represents government. You see how he's getting things in order. There's pattern. There's a way you do things. And he says, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. Lord changed Jacob's name. He said, your name going to be Israel. Look, 33. He put the wood in order. He put the wood in what? Order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said. I love how he's taking his time, Natalia. You ain't, you ain't rushing cutting no bull. That's bull. You ain't, you, ain't, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't doing that. No, 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 no. And it said he laid the wood in order. Listen. He laid it all down and he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and the wood. How many jars? Four. How many jars? Four. This boy doing something different than they did. Verse 33, he say, verse 34, and he said, now do it a second time. I'm pouring water on the sacrifice that I'm expecting to be burned. When you're trying to start a fire, you don't go wet the wood. (laughs) He say, I need you to do it a second time. And then what he say? I need you to what? Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. The water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. So I want you to imagine like how they do the, the how they do like the uh, the the, um, the, pig, the pigs. What is it? Uh, cool, but what do they call it in some places? What? Do you, what? No, not rotisserie, a pig, pig, not pig. Well, I guess it's rotisserie. Like when they, with a luai, like when they, when they put the banana leaves over it and all that, right? You got to dig up a nice little ditch and all that. So just imagine that with the bull in it, with the wood. He, he soaked like the whole ditch. With the tr- trench was full of water. The bull was soaked in water. The wood was soaked in water. Verse 36, at the time of the offering and evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Oh Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and what? Israel. I love the honor. I wouldn't be here without Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, that I have done all these things based on your word. And verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you, here's his motive. 
Lord, I need you to answer so that they may know that you, the Lord, are God and have turned their hearts back to you. Spirit of Elijah, calling people to return back. Say, return back. Return back. His motivation for God to show out was not for his ministry. It was for them to know God. Well, what's our motivation to have miracles happen? Why do you want to see people healed? Why do you want to see Vancouver know Jesus? Can't be for your fame. Listen, he says, his motivation, his call and his response. Look, verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. <laughs> And the wood and the stones and the dust. And also licked up the water that was in the trench. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Oh, everything was consumed by the fire. Water don't get consumed by, by fire like that. Soaked wood don't get consumed by fire. I want you, I want you to hear this. To eliminate, to eliminate any possibility that the altar might be ignited in any way other than by a miracle. He saturated the oxen and the wood with 12 barrels of water. How did he get that? Four water pots empty three times. So there was no doubt it was God. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? What choices are you willing? Which, what are you willing to put yourself in the way of? How foolish are you willing to really look so people can know nobody but God did that? How long are you really willing to stay on your knees? How long are you really willing to wait? How, how, and how, how much are you willing to be outnumbered? Me against 450 y'all and y'all couldn't conjure up a little strategy to get some fire? Y'all couldn't even trick me? By myself, God strategy. How stupid. God said, soak the wood, soak the meat, soak the trenches, fill it up with water and get out the way. Are you willing to set up a situation for a miracle? See, oftentimes, look, Sion, we don't see miracles because we provide a way for ourselves. So we can't wait on God to bless us miraculously because we don't want to look broke because that's too shameful. So we'll cover up our mess. We'll cover up our broke. We'll cover up our pain. And then we wonder why we all alone. Because you don't want to look silly. You don't want to look vulnerable. You want to hang out with your whole little posse and you still lonely. Just so you can make people think you got it all together. Verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat, drink, for there is a sound of abundance. Do you understand this? Before the abundance of rain, there had to be this fire called down. 
There had to be this miracle. There had to be this display of faith shown between Elijah and his God. And then understand, this is in the midst of a drought. You ready for this? Where he get all that water from? This was such a severe drought, they were hunting for grass to feed their cattle. Where he get all that water from? now he goes and he's 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 calling down rain now and he says man Ahab I need you to go up and drink oh now now he given he given King Ahab who wanted to kill him he given him orders now why God flipped the script <laughs> like I said this morning the same thing that was chasing you you about to change it chase it yeah listen and he says for there is a sound of abundance of rain I don't know about y'all but I hear it I hear it asking the Lord to fulfill his word by sending rain in a drought so Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and listen, and he bowed himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. What he doing? Praying. What did he do? He went off by himself. And so, and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. I don't see no rain. I don't see no sign of rain. He said, go again. How many times? Seven times. Go seven times. You don't see nothing. Keep looking. You didn't catch no fish last night? Drop the net again. Come on now. Do I got any again believers? Woo! And at the seventh time, not the first, not the second, not the third, not the fourth. See this buzzer beater. He was on the last one. Death's door. God know your testimony is in jeopardy. You've been telling people how good God is, and they like, well, why is this happening? He like, let them stinketh. Let them get like Lazarus. Let them just stank. Let them, let them get right to that last minute. Let them get to death's door. Let them doubt you. Let them, let them get right to that place where they're ready to give up on God and watch what's about to happen. And he says, I see a cloud as small as a man's hand is arising out of the sea. Listen, listen. What is a sea? The abyss is dark. But there's something about to rise up out of this obscure season. Oof. There's something about to rise up out of this uncertain time we're in. Can I share a few more scriptures with you about Elijah and then we're going to jump in? I think I got, I think my timing is doing real good. I don't want to. I don't want to rush. You know what I'm saying? You could choke on some steak, just not just because it's too chunky, but you need some time to chew. What, how does King of Glory start? Okay, there we go. Yeah, we're gonna go there in just a second. 
you, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, when, you, when you're chewing for so long, you need, to, you need to drink some water or something before you're just going to get steak caught all up in your throat. So we're going to, yes, the world, we're going to get some steak go down so we can chew some more. All right, 1 Kings 19. So this brother is walking in victory. And then Ahab runs and tells Jezebel, sis, Sis, <laughs> baby girl, <laughs> um, um, you you know our you know our uh, prophets. Um, he just slew four hundred and fifty of them. We, we, we he just, and then we see this message come. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had slain all the prophets of Baal with the sword. Back then, they was really slaying folks with swords. Let me tell you something. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but we still got a sword. Oh, Shaka Khan. We still got a sword. We still got a sword. Look, and he said, then Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah. But let me tell you something. So let the gods do to me. And more also, if, if I make not your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. She gave his brother 24 hours to live. 24 hours to live. Are y'all hearing me? She, she just said, send a message. May the gods kill me if you ain't dead by tomorrow. This Elijah just slew 450 of them, Anna. 450. He get a message from sis. It's over for you. And listen, he begins to run for his life. Have you ever been bold and courageous one minute and then next minute you questioning in the same God you celebrated? I wonder what spirit backed you off of your faith, especially if you're a leader in any sector of life. See, let me tell you something. Listen, Anna. Even when an Italian, anybody, even when you weren't in the church, you weren't in Christ like you are now, the enemy knew where you was on your way to. The enemy knew you were a leader and you were going to cause havoc for the kingdom of God. The enemy knew that God was going to use you to win souls. So as long as he could keep you evangelizing for the other side, he was, man, let me tell you something. You may not see yourself as a big shot, but you've been where you've been because Jezebel was after you. Because you are a leader. You are an influencer. Any influencers in here that have struggled to get back on the battlefield for the Lord, I'm telling you, Jezebel knew who you was, and they, only, they knew that they only had a short time with your influence. Please don't think you just been introduced to Jezebel. Jezebel been knew you. Why? Because these spirits are in the realm. It's not physical. It's in the realm. And I smoked weed for too long. 
a club for way too long. You know when you was ready to change but couldn't change? It's, it was a mind thing. It was a warfare thing. Wait a minute, I was raised different than that. How I get way back here? <laughs> Look, the angel of the Lord came a second time. I want you to see something. Je- uh, uh, Elijah is running for his life. And this is what the angel does, Adam. You ready for this? God didn't take out Jezebel to give Elijah a break. God sent an angel (laughs) and fed him and encouraged him. When you look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was doing all that crying. And the angels came and gave him what? Strength. The angels didn't take Judas out and detour the plan. You keep trying to make, you keep trying to pray for the Lord to interrupt the plan that's getting you to glory. You would not get to glory going the short route. You would not, trust me, I don't care what you say, you would not get to glory without that thorn in your side. That, 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 that. <laughs> I'm going to even go there. I ain't going to even go there. I mean, I'm not going to even go there. Listen, the angel of the Lord, verse 7, the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, hey, hey, wake up. That boy was taking a nap. That boy was taking a nap. He said, wake up, arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. I love it, Adam. You see this, Adam Swain? You see this? I hate when I'm running. And pe- or driving somewhere far and people tell me how much more time we got to go. Just let me get there. It's crazy. I do a psychological game. I don't even look at the sign on the side that'd be like 559 clicks. Mm-mm, I'm just going to keep driving for 559 clicks. I don't want to know how far. If I'm running five miles, I don't want to know I got four miles to go. Look what the angel did. He said, um, hurry up. Uh, The journey is too great for you. (laughs) Go ahead, eat some of this cake. Eat some of this bread, drink some of this water, because you you have to go forward. You have to go forward. You have to go what? Forward. So he arose and ate and drank and went in strength. Look, in the strength of that food that he had for 40 days, that's all he ate for what? 40 days. He was fighting for his life, and the Lord had him fast. He was fighting for his life, and the Lord had him fast. I'm helping you out. The Lord didn't bail him out. The Lord put him on the fast track. And then here he goes, getting arrogant. He goes down in verse 10 and says, For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword and I, I only am left I am the only one God that is obeying you I'm the only one those heathens back there God they're so disobedient I and listen Sion he he 
And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain. He's in the cave. He says, go out and stand out there. And you know he didn't obey God. Why? Because we read down further and it says that a great and strong wind rent, mountain, rent the mountains and broke in pieces and the rock before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. This, this wind was due to his rebellion. Look, look at this. And after the wind, it was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And the Lord was not in the fire. Where was the Lord, Noel? The Lord. Listen, here, you, here, here. You ready? You ready? You ready? It said, and after the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of gentle stillness. A still small voice is where the Lord was Lord come on give me a sign Lord give me a sign like give me a sign Lord says no when you're going through a storm the least you want to do is quiet yourself you want to talk about your storm you want counsel you want to talk about how bad it is and the Lord said I'm not in all of that go fast quiet your soul and now I can talk to you oh, I'm stressed out I'm about to go to the bar I want to I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a deal with my anxiousness with at the bar I need to go get a couple drinks to knock the edge off and you notice when when you get off of your little edge the edge come right back you just cheapen yourself to say that a buzz was gonna help with your problems Wow let me tell you something if a, if a drink can get rid of my issues, then I'm not going through nothing that big. <laughs> I ain't saying that. I ain't stepping on your, on your little drink toes. I'm just, I'm just telling you, you must not be going through nothing too much. If that's all it take. If a little hit of weed can take your troubles away. You ain't going through nothing. <laughs> I'm helping somebody. Let me move on. In the end, Jezebel, we know, was killed in a brutal way. She was thrown out the window. <laughs> and she was trampled by horses and eaten by dogs. She, was, she deserved it. She, you, you ready for this, Sion? In this church? In any kingdom church in authority. You ready for this? You cannot counsel Jezebel. You have to throw Jezebel out the window. No, you, you think I'm joking. Do you know how many pastors get burned out trying to talk to Jezebel? No, 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 no. You let Jezebel throw a fit and lead a church. You don't ask for Jezebel to come back. You don't say, did we do something wrong? No. Hey, anybody talk to, to uh, we just going to call him Jezebel. We, anybody talk to, I ain't heard from him, nor are we going to call him back. Not saying everybody, but when you have eyes to see, you know who was dealt with in a Jezebel, with a Jezebel spirit. Because we, we, because we just going to get to that later. You will eventually, 
encounter a counterattack from a Jezebel spirit. Counterattack. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? You will eventually encounter a counterattack from a Jezebel spirit. This is especially true if you are a pastor, a minister, a ministry leader. Listen, you ready? A business owner or the leader of your home. The Jezebel spirit deals with with influence. Let me tell you something. If you always trying to hide and you want to sit on the shelf and don't help nobody, Jezebel ain't been no threat about you. You shelf yourself. Woo, help help us, Lord. You know the spirit you're dealing with is you're dealing with the spirit of Goliath who is bullying you. into thinking you're not good enough, into thinking your gifts can't thrive here, into thinking I can't sing like that, I can't play like that, into, no, you're getting bullied. This spirit seeks, you ready? This spirit seeks to close off the word of God that brings guidance, encouragement, and fruitfulness. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you, CC. I'm trying to help you, CC. I'm telling you, 2021, the year of stewardship, it's going to be some stuff that come, and it's going to be game time. That's why the Lord having us close the year with the kinds of words that we close with, because next year, game time. We're not going to be in the class year next, classroom next year. Nuh-uh. You go, you go, you, it's going to be a day you're going to be like, dang. Remember? That word way down there, Derek. Derek, you just let it, you just let it go. I'm telling you, look, 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 look. All of y'all that's leaders. <laughs> Some of y'all been, been in a season in your life at Love Quest where you got easy, you was offended. Listen, and when you look back, you got offended because you were held accountable about something. Jezebel will always try to turn you against accountability. Why? Because she's trying to isolate you. She doesn't have a plan B for you. But while she's trying to manipulate you, she will make you think you got a plan B. Oh, Shika Khan, Shaka Khan. This spirit seeks to close off the word of God that brings guidance, encouragement, and fruitfulness. Okay. And then we heard about the prophets of Baal. Say Baal. I got I to gotta give you some understanding of Baal. Baal. God worshipped in many ancient Middle Eastern communities, especially among the Canaanites, who apparently considered him a fertility deity and one of the most important gods in the pantheon. As such, Baal designated the universal God of fertility. And in that capacity, his title was Prince, Lord of the Earth. Baal, properly Baal, was a title, an honorific meaning owner, Lord. A fertility deity is a god or goddess associated with fertility, sex, pregnancy, childbirth, and crops. See, we often think of Jezebel just in a sexual way. It's that person that is trying to get up in top leadership, top owners, CEOs. You see Jezebel taking out down a lot of businessmen and businesswomen and pastors 
listen, for, let's disconnect from the person. But it's the person ignorant of the spirit that is using them to manipulate, to steal, kill, and destroy. But it's not just sexual. Yes, the vile Jezebel spirit carries something which should not be underestimated. This spirit, you ready? Please write, please understand. This spirit seeks to kill prophecy. That's why more than any other, any, any day, we need to be very clear with prophecy. That's why we say at Love Quest, push past the picture. Stop being deep or stop being how people taught you how to prophesy and just leaving people. I see yellow flowers with a fish in the back, and you know how dreams are. You know how visions are. Things are weird like fish can fly and birds can swim. And, they need, no, and, and I don't know what that means, but you should go wrestle that with God. No, you should press in and get some clarity so you can have somebody walk away producing fruits. You should pray in the spirit and ask God to give you clarity so you can prophesy with efficiency. Maybe sometime all God going to give you a picture, but if you wrestle with that picture long enough, you can unlock the picture well enough to give somebody clarity. Man, I'll tell you, sometimes some folks give me a little crazy word. I'm like, thank you. Amen. Know what that means? You was like three feet tall in my in my picture. <laughs> and you just had a lot of bags. That's all I got. And if I'm immature, I take that as like God, God trying to get something off me. I'm carrying too much baggage. But that could have been the Lord abounding favor is coming your way. Like, get that clarity. I'll just be like, you got bags. What kind of bags? Garbage bags? Gucci bags? What kind of bags? Weed bags? What kind of bags do I got? You can't wrestle with the Lord long enough to tell me what kind of bags I got. The Lord will show you. This spirit is an anti-prophet spirit. Who hones in on places. Man, y'all got to hear this. This spirit is an anti-prophet spirit. Who hones in on places where the word of God is powerful and is especially backed by signs and wonders. This spirit is very prevalent in places where the word is strong and the word is confirmed with signs and wonders. This spirit is very prevalent in a place where the word is strong, meaty, held you accountable. It brings conviction. It brings transformation. And it is, it is very prevalent where there are signs and wonders. It is trying to slow down momentum, the momentum of transformation. 
That's why you will find in a place, it, that's why he says preach in season and out of season. When you preach in a real strong word, the gospel gets offensive. Because if you're preaching the gospel right, man, it holds you accountable. If you're preaching the kingdom, you're calling people higher. You're not going to let people be complacent. You're not going to let people be here for two years and don't never fold a towel, pick up a chair. You're not going to know them. No, man, this is a kingdom church. So there's going to be warfare. There's going to be hell at the top. And that's why as God sends us prophets, let me tell you prophets, you cannot be an angry prophet. You cannot be a heady prophet. You cannot be an insecure prophet. You cannot be a bitter prophet. You cannot be a prophet that don't love your spouse the way they supposed to be. Listen, you cannot be a messy gossiping prophet. Listen, when you see messy people with spiritual gifts, Jezebel is present. And that's why we as leaders, I don't care how younger I am than people, I don't care how much older I am than people, accountability is vital in a kingdom house. Because when you allow emotionalism and power to come together, you get hurt. You run from people and leaders that don't want accountability. They don't have to answer to nobody. No. Jezebel working. You look around the world. Rather, you see pastors killing themselves. Or you see them emotionally cheating. And that's not just men. I'm talking women as well. Business owners closing their doors. Yeah, Jezebel, you was used with Jezebel, see? Because if you wasn't sleeping with Jezebel, then you would have got a word from Elijah and you would have learned how to have some strategy for your business to make it through a pandemic. No, no, we need prophets. But they can't be insecure. They can't. They can't. Let me, let me tell you, you can't have prophets that are envious. You can't have prophets with a prophetic call on their life, but they, why, why, why that ain't happening for me over there? Why this ain't cracking for me? Why this ain't happening for me? No, 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 no. We need, we need bona fide because prophets have, in, there's been some prophets that have hurt folks. Listen, and there will be, there will be, uh, 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 there will be, uh, other gods there will be other religions there will be with signs and wonders the bible tells us so so you, you know the prophets at Baal had signs and wonders at times too right so there has to be a point in time where Elijah and and the prophets of Baal standing toe to toe and you can't be insecure you can't be heady you can't be trying to prove you right you can't be trying to, what doctrine is you on? No, no, no. If you're a prophet, man, you better get your confidence intact. You better heal. We can't have wounded prophets, meaning they don't want to deal with their stuff. It don't matter if you've been called a prophet. You better handle it right. <laughs> in 
And then I get the amazing task of having the whole folk accountable. But man, I didn't come to Canada to plant a church that don't got a backbone. Let me tell you this, y'all wouldn't respect me if I did. My wife wouldn't. There's some hard decisions you got to make. Because I didn't move here to let people be normal. Be complacent. Be stagnant. Be satisfied with just church. Mm -mm. There's people dying out here, man. And let me tell you something. The world is in the condition in. It's in. You ready? The world is in the condition it's in. Because one government don't know who it is. And there's another government that got power issues. And if you really want to be real, you have two governments. One that was supposed to patrol the heavens and one that was supposed to govern the earth. And they both have power struggles. You have a church, a kingdom, still trying to figure out who we are. We're in this world, but not of it. But being in it and not of it is confusing us because we kind of think we of it. And then you have a government, listen, that's destined to fail. You have another government that's destined to stand. But this government can't be ran without the citizens, even if the king is in his seat. So you got to get to the church. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't care what church you go to, but you better find the church that's going to activate your Elijah. You better find the church. I don't care. You mean See, this is the problem with the church. We haven't raised people to feel free to go where God's called them to go. So what we're afraid of is if we leave one place, we're going to lose friends. No, you should gain them because now I'm going to be better off where I'm at so I can be a better friend for you. So you got people out of place. That's why they make good trades. You can have an amazing player on the wrong team and they will never reach their potential. So you get players that get traded to go to other teams because teams have systems. And I don't care who you are, if you're not in the right system that's created to bring out the greatness in you, you will always underachieve. Dr. Godot for me, I, ha- I couldn't go to no other church. I needed Dr. Godot in my life. He, he was a straight shooter. He is a straight shooter. I can talk you, I, I, can, I, I can sell popsicles to an Eskimo if you let me. But Dr. G like, nah, you no know, son, stop it. But we want to find churches where we could just like chill, you know what I'm saying? We want, to leave, we want to be able to leave church and be able to say, that was a good word today. Man, you should leave church feeling heavy sometime. Like, dang, I got to make some changes. You should, you should leave church walking in the house. Mom, dad, uh, husband, babe, can we talk? You know what? I'm, I repent. <laughs> You, you, you should leave church 
going, you want to go out to eat? No, I got to go to the car. I got to, you should go to a church where you in church texting people. I'm sorry. I can't wait to see you till later. I am so sorry. I just want to hug you right now. This ain't going to never happen again. And sometimes you should be at a church where you leave offended. But the word is in you. So you call pastor and be, I'm sorry. Or you call somebody, I'm sorry. My attitude was jacked up. You know how many people hiding in church? The church should not be a place you hide. It should be a place where you're exposed. (laughs) You go, you on that chip and dip? The church should not be a place you can hide. It should be a place you're exposed. (laughs) So you ain't got nothing to be exposed for. See, they go too long. They go too long. They be going too long. That's because we haven't got a read on you yet. <laughs> your, your, <laughs> your x-rays are coming up next. We're, we're seeing that Danny, uh, Grace, keep singing it. Keep singing. Holy over. I'm almost seeing. I'm almost seeing. Hey, you in the back. <laughs> and sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's like the Lord's like, no, keep going. I'm working on something. I'm working on something. The Lord is looking for people in a house and a place that will let him work on something. This spirit, it can strike at a time. Listen, you ready? It can strike at a time of great victory. This spirit can strike at a time of great victory. Hear this brother go, Sion. Love Quest. We're going to finish strong. We're going to do Christmas on this weekend. We're going to be singing on this weekend. We have one rehearsal then next week. We done. All right, everybody go home. She could strike at great, a time of great victory. When you're like, we about to finish strong. All right, we're shutting it down for two and a half weeks. What you going to do? Oh, now we're going to January 8th. What you going to do? We're checking that foundation. You got what it takes? No, we just got seven people. We good. We still going to worship. Still anointed. Word going to go forth. Still anointed. Then we going to be creative on you, and we just going to flip the camera on you one time. Prophetically, we flipping the script. Right? Because sometimes, see, when you're anointed and when you're a kingdom church, when you built, sometimes it don't matter how long you stay down. It's a matter of if you know how to buy time. So if you're down for 10 years, can you buy time for 10 years? Can you stay in the game long enough? You, I'm tired. Tag me in, Pastor Dylan. Do you, have, you, have you trained people enough to tag them in? Or have you used all your soldiers for one fight? You get somebody the other day, hey, I can't come, Pastor. I can't do worship this way. I wouldn't budge at all. I told the brother, thank you. Get better. Grace, you ready? I've been, I've been waiting for Grace. You remember we went to Penticton. She was, she was singing, uh, Show Me Your Glory. That's one of the, she loves singing that. I love hearing her sing that song. Come on, it's time to, we're not losing no. And then all of a sudden, then we get Anna back and we get Andrew back. We get Mariella and we, and then, and then next week we're going to get some more people back. And all year we just stringing tag ins. Oh, we got one, we got, we, we got one stream team. 
And we did that. And then, then they opened the doors back up. And we got momentum. And then he sent the harvest. And we overflowing every Sunday night. Overflowing. And look, buying time long enough to when they shut it down again, we got more people than when before then. See? Do you got the faith to buy time? <laughs> then the Lord will send you an anointed cousin to join you every now and then. We got a little cousin over here. <laughs> little, little cousin. <laughs> Listen. Whoa. Okay, Holy Spirit. I'm over here trying to keep my... You, you see that? You keep the, the spirit. <laughs> I'm over <laughs> Hold up. Let me just lean on over here real quick then. Can't follow. We ain't, got enough, we ain't got enough people here for no cats right now. Amen. <laughs> oh, the spirit in here in Jesus' name. We're we going to go a lot of 15 minutes extra. They like from, from three-hour love quest or two-hour love quest. <laughs> we, 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 we gotta get, I got to get this to you. I got to get this to you. Yes, it can strike at a time of great victory. You ready? The spirit of Jezebel releases a cycle of confusion, division, and despair. When you see confusion in ministry, listen, when you see great confusion in your marriage, when you see division with people especially that you were close with, when you see teams can't come together, when you see minds can't figure things out together, you see disunity, you see discord. That spirit is busy. How do you overcome Jezebel? Can you overcome Jezebel? Absolutely. Say absolutely. I'll tell you this, you can't overcome it. You cannot overcome Jezebel without the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah. Or, listen, clear prophetic words overcomes her by exposing her. Uh, uh, see, I've, 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 I've dealt with this for a little while. You got to have backbone to deal with her. You can't be someone that's afraid of holy confrontation. Not a holy convocation, not a conference. I'm talking about holy confrontation. You can't be afraid to sit down and expose that thing in someone. Or, listen, poke at it till it pop its head up. Right? Just, it, it might take a couple hours. But I don't know, you ever, you ever sat in a meeting with me sometime? You ever, sat, you ever sit in those moments where it's just, we just going to read Scripture? Hey, uh, Michael, can you read this scripture? And then you start, you start seeing the, the word just pouring down and just falling and falling and falling. And you might read the word for 45 minutes, but you see, you begin to sense an agitation because that head about to pop up. And you'll notice if you have eyes to see that head pop up. You're like, okay, now we know. You cannot be afraid to expose Jezebel. Because if you don't expose Jezebel, she will hurt people. And you'll be like, where did, where did what's the name go? Oh, a leader got a hold of him. 
that was insecure but had power that was insecure and had influence see as pastor you can see the spirit mature eyes you can see the spirit but get a hold of someone that's looking up to you and can't see what's behind it and because you care about their words so much they influence you maybe you should go that way well, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. Well, I understand. I disagree with Pastor too on that point. And what happens is Jezebel always reserves her seat. But she does a great job of getting people out their seat. And you, you start noticing People, they come in contact, start leaving, but they still hear. Jezebel, spirit, not a person, spirit. And in my insecure days, we all have areas where insecure. I see the spirit of Jezebel try to work through me and manipulate, lobby for a position in church. Be envious of a spot. Well, maybe I should leave this church and go start over here. Jezebel split churches. Jezebel gathers packs over here, and you got people that like, like them. And that's why we say here, stay in the middle of the what? Ring. You got to be careful. I want to raise a church that has eyes to see because pastor can't be everywhere. Elders can't be everywhere. Pastor Julia can't be everywhere. And the most vulnerable people are the new people who haven't even yet made it to get rooted. Because all they could judge is who you've put in place. And they're like, well, pastor said they great. They're great. No. We got to raise up people with eyes to see, man. You're doing good, Michael. You're doing good. You cannot counsel Jezebel. You have to cut the head off. How do you see this? David did it. You can't play with Goliath. You can't pay with Jezebel. And you just can't knock them down because they're coming back. Revelation says this really, really quickly. Those who do overcome, I'll read it in a second. Turn to uh, Revelation uh, chapter 2 verse 26. Those who do overcome her will be given power over the nations. Uh, uh, Morella, I know you'll love this. I know you'll love this. Mariella, I know you'll love this. Before God gives you the nation, Sion, you cannot have a nation before you learn how to handle Jezebel. So I don't care how new your church is. The quicker you get a backbone and start dealing with the tough stuff and build your church right from the ground up and not build a social club. But let me, let me back up. Not every pastor, leader, church even thinking about the nations. They just want a church for their neighborhood, and that is okay. Am I helping anybody? 
Because if I'm not, we could, we could talk about uh, Jesus well. Revelations 2.26. And he who overcomes. Can we get King of Glory playing again? I know I've forgotten you. You know what I'm saying? I didn't forget. I didn't forget. Devil is a lie. And he who overcomes. You ready? And keeps my works until the end. To him, I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. You, you, you see this, Sion? We can't have the nations until we prove to have a backbone to deal with Jezebel. That's why we go through purging seasons. And there's a time any church that's called to the nations, the leadership going to have to deal with leadership and have rough conversations and confront it. Some preachers, some leaders won't have those conversations. Why? Because it impacts the giving. <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't know who you talk talking I don't care how much you give in a church. You will never buy a spot you will never, this is not a stadium. You don't get season tickets. Your giving doesn't give you access to hurt people or no information or whatever. No, 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 man. We are after souls. To be a real pillar, to be a strong person. We don't have to deal with you no more in that way. You have joined the team for them. <laughs> and the higher you go, the less we should have to monitor and watch you. <laughs> All right. Can I give you a couple more scriptures? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let me, can, we, can we just lift our hands real quick? Because it, it is a lot. It, 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 it is kind of thick up in here. I, you got a little ribeye, a little, 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 little prime rib. Double mashed potatoes. Okay, double mashed potatoes.
just want to be with you. So let's start right now. So let's start right now. Why would we wait? We can praise you now in victory. So let's start right now. So let's start right now. Why would we wait? We can praise you now in victory. King of glory. Matthew 11. How does this relate to us? I just wanted us to kind of buy into the spirit of Elijah for a moment and just read a story of his and kind of put our mind on this work that began. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there was not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Up to John the Baptist, say up to, up to John the Baptist, there had not been one greater. It did not mean there was no greater character or personality, but there had not been one greater call than John the Baptist. John the Baptist literally had the mission real time to prepare the way to lay out the red carpet for Jesus up to that point there had been none greater say none greater he says he says but but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist oh man Who, who's the least at this point? Every man that had not been, that had been, that had been born up to this point, John the Baptist still alive, Jesus still alive, and there had been none. The least, listen, not in character, not in personality, but in purpose. There had been none greater purpose in this world man this is so important Morella for us to get up to John the Baptist all the prophets have prophesied he was talking about all the prophets before and he goes forward and says and from the days of John the Baptist meaning from the moment John the Baptist was born 
Understand this. From the opening of John the Baptist's ministry until now. What was now? His imprisonment. Y'all maybe didn't know John the Baptist went to prison. Beheaded. Like, you got to understand this. From the moment John the Baptist was born up to the moment of John the Baptist going to prison, no greater ministry. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence. You ready? King Herod was John the Baptist's Jezebel. They tried to shut the kingdom down. They tried the violent take, the violent take it by what? Force. Understand this. They tried to buffet the kingdom by overthrowing its wrong. They tried to shut our mouths. They tried to silence our preaching. That's why Paul said, preach the gospel in season and out of season. They tried to kill Jesus before it was his time. They tried to shut up anybody that was preaching the good news, especially you notice where there were signs and wonders. That little damsel right there, the one that was doing magic and the one that was fortune telling. And then she got that demon cast out of her. She was saying good. She was doing good. But she was working for the wrong side. And what did they do? Got their butts thrown in prison. For what? Delivering someone. Do you see this, Sion? We want to see signs and wonders in this church. But do you know what we have to have a backbone to face? It ain't no social club. Once you, I had a pastor call us after we left from um, Jackpool Plaza. He hit me up. He said, uh, Pastor Terrence, I'm praying for you. Because once you start going downtown, you're messing with a whole nother realm. We're praying for you. You don't go downtown and you don't get on the news. Social club over. Moment you start, you, you don't go down to the art gallery as a church. You don't start walking around your city and praying. You don't start dealing with government. So the, the enemy don't mind us staying at this elementary level of just focusing on program instead of reprogramming people. <laughs> he says, he says, the kingdom suffered violent, but the violent take it by force. Look, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Until John. What happened after John? And if you are willing to receive, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. The prophecy in Malachi isn't telling us that literal Elijah would return to earth. It is telling us, confirmed by Jesus, that someone would come in the spirit of Elijah. In other words, they would come with the same mind and character of Elijah to warn the people of their sins, to turn the people to God and prepare them for the soon coming of the Lord Jesus. So the prophecy would be fulfilled in a spiritual way rather than a literal, literal way. Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I send a messenger and he shall 
prepare the way before me. This is talking about Jesus. Malachi 4, 5, 6 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord coming. And he shall. Who is he? That, that spirit of Elijah shall turn and reconcile the hearts of the estranged fathers to the ungodly children and the hearts of the rebellious children to the piety of their fathers a reconciliation produced by repentance of the ungodly lest I come and smite the land with a curse and ban of utter destruction we have to call people to repentance there has to be a church that's soul winners. There has to be a church that says, hey, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not just the same way John the Baptist did it. It's the same way we must do it until Jesus returned. We have to be a church that prepare the way for the second coming of Jesus Christ. This cannot be a social club. This can't be about let's put a worship album out. This can't be about let's model our church to look like that church in the United States. Be who God's called you to be. Elijah was Elijah. Ezekiel was Ezekiel. Abraham was Abraham. Get a backbone and be the church God called you to be. Luke 1. And we're going to get into, I wish I had time to preach the whole thing, but I don't. Because this gets into health. <laughs> you ready? Luke 1 says, But the angel reassured him, saying, this, this, Hey, hey, don't be afraid, Zachariah. Zachariah over here nervous. God is showing grace to you, for I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Listen, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. You ready? You have to listen to this. His birth will bring you, listen, this is very important because he was, Malachi was speaking of John the Baptist, who was going to walk in the spirit of Elijah. So it's very important that we look at who God says John was supposed to be. So then we have a clue of what God is calling us to be as we're preparing the second wave of Jesus coming and returning. The final and terrible day. The it's a wrap day. The it's one going and one staying. You're going to be sad if you're standing next to your friend and you, you just wanted to do coffee and Jesus returned and you going up and you leaving your friend behind. Look. It says his birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Y'all hear it. Many will rejoice because of him. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. I love the scripture right after this. Because remember, one of the biggest things that I've said about drinking for me is because I feel that God has asked me to abstain because there's a special, unique call on my life that requires me to abstain. 
So that's why it carries over here in leadership. I say at bare minimum, we don't do it together. Because, listen, not every church has the spirit of Elijah on it. But every church has someone with the spirit of Elijah on them. And the danger of not having the spirit of Elijah on your church is that you're, you might be too insecure to activate the one that got it. See? See? And then there are some churches that have the spirit on the church. Listen. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. Look, he will drink no wine or strong drink uh, but he will be filled with the Holy Ghost I need him to be a pure vessel <laughs> because I need him to prepare the way and I can't afford him to trip up nobody but he will be filled with the Holy Ghost even while still in your mama's womb says and he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God he will go before the Lord as a forerunner do you do you know what we are we're ambassadors we are we literally have this ministry of reconcil of returning we are forerunners from the sec for the second coming of Jesus Christ and he says Lord their God, he will go before the forerunners with the same power and with the same anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to the children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people. The spirit of Elijah, listen, fights for unity the spirit of Elijah does not overlook division <laughs> anybody ever been involved in leadership in this place we gonna fight for it we fighting for unity ain't no cliques no you gonna have your favorite people you like to hang out with but it ain't because you hate people no you gonna have your little friends I mean, I, so look some people ain't compatible like that's fine we could praise the Lord together, but we can't drink a latte together. And if we do, I ain't talking to you. Don't, you know, we ain't got too much to talk about. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. He said he's he is to prepare a united people. What, what does Ephesians 4 says? That he gave the gifts of the ministry for the edification. And then he says, until the unity of the faith. We can't effectively build the church without the spirit of Elijah. <laughs> Disunity, discord, gossip should actually irritate you. It doesn't, it, it doesn't irritate the spirit of Jezebel. Nosy. Elijah like, nah, we need unity here because unity is key for power. 
And it says, we are to prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's return. This is why agape love is so important. Let me tell you, nothing but God will call this church Love Quest. And as soft as Love Quest sounds because of what culture has made love, it is such a violent church name. And that name screams accountability. Because without agape, we are nothing. And without unity, we will hurt more people than we help. Agape love is very violent in the spirit realm. Jezebel hates unity. And what makes the enemy mad more mad than anything is to see people come together united in love one faith one spirit one baptism one church one goal and that is to win souls we're going to pick up uh, next week because I'll give you a sneak peek um Oosh, it's some juicy stuff in here, guys. When you look at these people that God used in a major way, most of them you see a diet connected to them. You said two things for 2020, that the Lord is restoring. I don't know if you remember, the Lord is restoring long life. It is God. Now, they're getting crazy with what, how many diets we can choose from. But I don't want you to miss that God is trying to restore long life. And listen, if we are going to have the mind of Christ with the spirit of Elijah, you must understand you can't be unhealthy with a good mind. So if we're going to have the mind of Christ in a busy, dark day, we are going to have to have supreme mental clarity. This diet, John. Eat honey, locusts, maybe some fish. You see folks running. They ride donkeys. They... they they walking everywhere. These was fit people. And what we're going to see biblically is the Bible speaking and God speaking prophetically about health reform. We will not be a church that not. Do you think that we just fast the way we do and we have the good life ministry the way we do? Because God just like, I want you to eat good. That, that ministry is just as vital as prayer ministry, as a healing ministry. It is just as vital as worship. 
because we have work to do. And God needs to be able to depend on these temples. Let me ask you this. Would you buy a car that you know going to break down on you in a couple months? So why, God, why, why, why should God anoint you in a ministry if you refuse to be healthy? He can't ride in you. He's in you to get you to heaven. But you have limited mileage on your body. 2021, our health is a part of stewardship. Our gifts are a part of stewardship. Our money is a part of stewardship. Our relationships is a part of stewardship. Our time is going to be a part of stewardship. It's going to be such a prosperous year because we're all going to be stretched and challenged to cut the unnecessary stuff out of our life and the unfruitful stuff and the unhealthy stuff. Anything that is excess in our life, we are, I'm not talking about if you got extra jackets and extra shoes. I mean, I'm not talking about giving that stuff away. But the stuff you ain't wore in six years, give it away. <laughs> Spending time with such and such because you're just lonely and you want something to do. You can't give those two hours away in 2021. Yeah, we're going to pick up there next week. There's a couple more scriptures before we lead into that to set that up. But it is, the Lord is blowing my mind about the spirit of Elijah thing. Because it's not just about ministry in the sense of how we know it. Right? You're you going to have your little cupcake here and there. You're going to have your little... You're going to have your donut. You're going to have, man, but there's choices that we can make. There's better options that we can choose from. We need to be sharp. You are not a top athlete without a sharp mind. And let me tell you, you might smoke your little weed in the off season for a couple weeks. Let me tell you, in the kingdom, it ain't no off season. So you ain't going to use that one against me. There's vacations and things of that nature, but nah. If a top athlete can understand they're nothing without a healthy temple, then how are we going to be missionaries that are unhealthy? And when you understand this two-letter word, go it didn't say sit in the church see when you sit in the church you can be a little unhealthy because you're waiting for people to come to you but when you understand you got to have a go and you understand you got to line up on that race and you're going to be sitting next to you're going to be standing next to a bunch of fit people when that gun go off you can't <sighs> hold up start where y'all going where y'all going no, the horn is going to blow. And you need to hear well done. We're going to close. Lord, thank you. That you are raising up soldiers. Lord, build your church as you said you would do. Lord, I ask Holy Spirit that you help us 
make disciplined decisions that will bring honor and glory to you. Thank you, Lord, that you bring us around the wisdom and the knowledge and you bring men and women around that won't leave us ignorant and that you will bless this church with the tools that will equip us to have a strong, prosperous, tripart being. And Lord, tonight I declare every part of our being will be prosperous and is prosperous. Lord, I come against the spirit of fear. Lord, I ask that any spirit of Jezebel that is at work in this community, I ask that you expose it. Pull back the sheets, pull back the veil, cut down the grass that we may see the snakes. And Lord, I ask that individuals repent, that they have eyes to see and not outwardly, but internally. Lord, I ask that you search my heart. I come against insecurities and jealousy and envy. I come against emotions and characteristics, ideologies, philosophies, anything that will be a door for Jezebel, Goliath to set up shop and abide. Lord, the only people, the only person we want to abide in us is you. So purify us tonight. And may we forever be mindful of this word. And as we go forward, may we move forward in power, in love, sound mind. We thank you, Lord, that even though these doors are closed to the public, you're still adding to the church. Come on, you're still adding to the church. Pray with me over these seats, Lord. We just declare every seat in this house shall be filled in love quests time. Lord, we thank you that you overflow this church. And we promise as your spirit gives us the wisdom, the patience, the endurance, we will steward all that you give us, Lord God. I thank you that this church will be a church of integrity, that this church will be a church of wholeness, Lord God. I thank you this will be a church of unity starting at the top. And Lord, we repent murmuring, complaining, gossiping, being messy, manipulating, pushing people away, driving people away, taking advantage of people. Lord, we repent for abusing our power, abusing our influence. No more. I thank you, Lord, you're getting our house in order. I think, thank you that husbands will fight for unity in their household and peace and love. Wives will fight for, for unity and peace and love. No longer will fear be the leader of our household. No longer will fear be the ruler of our finances. No longer will fear be the ruler of our relationships. No longer will fear be the ruler of our decision making. And we 
thank you for it now. And lastly, Lord, I thank you for sending us mighty men and women, men and women that come ready to build your church, come ready to do things in excellence and skillful, and most of all, come ready to be teachable. I thank you that you are bringing people that want to be discipled, that desire to grow. And I thank you that agape love rules this house. We are on our agape quest internationally. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. It is so. It is done. It is well. It is finished. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected with us by following us on social media at LoveQuestINTL Church. And join us next time as we receive another powerful right now word brought to us by our man of God, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy the rest of your day. And in the meantime, get your love fixed, man.